Hey everybody, welcome to the All Over Overland podcast. My name is Michael and we're going to start a new series called Overlanding for Beginners. All right, so let's dive into this. Grab your paper, grab your pen, especially if you're a new overlander, because I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you some questions, and wh- I want you to write your answers down. I don't know your answers. I don't need to know your answers, but this is gonna help you figure out kind of that overlanding for beginners and what you may need and what you may not need. So we're going to eliminate things, but we may need to add some things that you haven't thought of for your overlanding trips. So why are you getting into overlanding? A lot of us come from a different background. I hiked and mountain biked and I did some camping. I've always kind of been in a four-wheel drive kind of uh, mode as far as I loved loved Jeeps. Um, my uncle had a four-wheel drive whenever I was younger, so I just always saw myself um, with a four-wheel drive vehicle. And so I had a Jeep Liberty whenever I first started. So I already had a rig. Now, it wasn't an ideal rig, but it doesn't have to be. Um, so I had the background of hiking, backpacking, um, camping, mountain biking, And I wanted to be able to go further away than just the state parks or get a little further away down the trails so that I could mountain bike even further um, than most people would go. So those were kind of the reasons why I got into it. And then also, I wanted to show my daughter that I did some badass stuff. And that's why I started recording some of the trips that I went on and especially taking photographs because she even to this day will go through my phone and just kind of look at photos. And, oh, I remember when we did this. I remember that moment. So for me, it was creating memories with my kid. And we have a ton of memories and we keep creating more. And now that um, Sarah and I are together and she's got two little boys, I've got more people to show this thing that I love to. So what kind of overlanding do you want to do? Why overlanding? Those are your two biggest questions. The why, so when you're writing stuff down, what experience do you already have in the outdoor world? Um, Do you backpack? Do you have gear for backpacking? Do you kayak? Do you have the gear for kayaking? Do you have an off-road vehicle? How set up is it? Is it stock? So write some of those things down of what you currently have and your current experience in outdoor world and life. Okay, now, now once you write those down, put those, write those down. Now put that piece of paper away. And even if you have to pause the podcast and think about that for a minute, do that. Because the next question is going to be, what kind of overlanding do you want to do? If you're asking the question of how do I get into overlanding or, hey, I'm a big beginner, you've already got an idea of what overlanding is. It may be right and it may be wrong, <laughs> you know, and, and to be honest, I don't know that there's really a wrong, a necessarily wrong answer to 
what kind of overlanding do you want to do? Because a lot of people will go out and they just want to tour. And touring is a phrase that they use more in Australia, but I think it's going to really help us understand the differences in what type of overlanding there may be out there. So touring to me would be mainly flat level roads, um, no obstacles, you know, maybe the beach is your biggest obstacle because you're going to go out into the sand. But other than that, you're not really going to stress the vehicle that much in your journeys, in your trips. Then you've got the other extreme is rock crawling. And I know that a lot of people are like, well, rock crawling and overlanding aren't the same. But you go and look at some of these rigs out there. You look at Story Till Now. That thing is a beast. And I would... I would say that that could rock crawl easily. Now, not necessarily rock crawl competitions, but it can do way more than my Nissan can and way more than I will ever probably need to do on a trail. Because if it's that gnarly, I'm not doing it because I got to go home. I got to not break my vehicle (laughs) to get home. So there's the extreme where the people want the challenge and they, it's not that they want to break their, their rigs, um, but they like having those challenges come up to where they have to do a repair on the road. There's guys that I know that that's, that's the reason why they overland because they want somebody to break something so they can crawl under there and fix something on the trail. They just, they get off on that. They love it. That's not really my thing. I am a, I like taking pictures. I like doing video. I like being outside. I want a somewhat challenging road, but I don't necessarily want to break anything. Now I'll go down stuff that I probably shouldn't every now and again, but I'm not looking for that trail. I'm not looking for the hardest trail in Alaska to go down. I'm I'm just not, that's not on my radar. That's not the vehicle that I've built or the type of wheeling I want to do. I don't mind when something like that comes up every once in a while, but it's not the type of wheeling that I do. So I'm in the middle of that. So in the middle, you've got probably one of those things where I know the Oklahoma Adventure Trail that I've done most of is 70% um, dirt roads, 30% maintained roads, 30% paved roads, whatever you want to call it. So you spend a lot of time on pavement, really, and you spend a lot of time on county roads, and you spend a lot of time going from trail to trail sometimes. We don't always have a trail that's a single trail that's going to be the overland trail that we can go on. Some people have that in their backyard. Some people travel several miles to get it, get there days sometimes. So you still have to get your vehicle to that place. And I think if you're going to do that, depending on how much time you have, take the back roads. Do the overlanding on your way there. Sometimes that works out for people. Sometimes that doesn't. Brad and Regina with Trail Recon um, and I had a conversation about this at one of the expos where we were camping next to each other about the different kinds of overlanding because it's funny because even Brad and Regina, they're a little different on their idea of overlanding because Brad 
just a lot of us just we want to get away from everybody we want to not see people we want to be disconnected we want to be totally us in our environment and no other distractions other than being able to see nature and do that whole thing and regina and i kind of both agreed that well i kind of like i kind of like stopping into the towns every once in a while I kind of like eating at one of the local restaurants. I kind of like talking to the people that are locals. Um, Sometimes you find out some really cool information about where a good camping site is that no one ever goes to. Um, Where's a, you know, is there a feature that we need to keep an eye out for because, you know, it's not necessarily on our map or it's not a, a national monument, but it's still equally as beautiful. Like, you'll find that stuff out if you stop into those towns, not just to get gas, but stop in those towns and you see a snow cone machine, go get a snow cone, you know, you, whatever, whatever it is that you do. I, I feel that overlanding is a cross between challenging your survival to being a tourist. Like, there's, there's a middle ground there for me somewhere because not only do I just I want to use the skills and the knowledge that I've gained through my my time backpacking um, camping and mountain biking and being outdoors to to live off of my like what I bring the resources that I bring with me but I also I am an extrovert so I like to talk to people whenever I'm in town so for me there's a good mixture there, but you've got to decide what's perfect for you. You know, do you want to, when you overlanding, when you're going overlanding, do you want to be unplugged? Do you want to not have social media? Well, right there, there's a lot of expenses that you're not going to have to worry about. A WeBoost, um, Starlink, um, you know, uh, I'd say communic- comms, but you'll, you'll need comms. You know, you're just you're just going to be more disconnected. You're just going to be more away from people. You're going to, you know, some people consider it more free, I guess, when you do that. Freedom to me is just being on the road. But like I said, there's some of us that want that interaction. So find out. Like when you're writing down, write down, write down what you want to get out of overlanding or what your expectations of overlanding are. And then bring that, that, that piece of paper of the stuff that you have. You know, not only, you should be writing down every piece of gear that you, you have used in the past that you currently have, currently have for camping and backpacking, whatever your background is, if you have that. So look at both of those lists and let's, let's figure out, do the things that you currently have help you do the overlanding the way you want to, like the idea of overlanding that you have as a new beginner. Can you use those things? And then like, are you missing anything? Do you need a container for water? Do you need the basic things? If you write these things down and if you start going through the list of why you want to overland, you're going to start to see what items you may need. Now, we're going to get into future podcast discussions on this topic of overlanding for beginners, and we're going to dive into the kitchen. We're going to dive into the sleep system. 
We're going to dive into the vehicle, the rig, like suspension and racks and rooftop tents or ground tents, you know, hammocks, like all the things. We're going to dive into those in each episode and we're going to break those down. So if, if, you're, if you're thinking like rooftop tent or ground tent, I'm going to have one where we talk about that. If you're thinking about kitchen gear, well, we need to have conversations with like, well, do you really like to cook? <laughs> or do you just want a fast meal? Or do you want somebody else to cook for you? Then you don't have to take any of that stuff with you. I'm kidding, but I have done that many times and Lee has bailed me out. So when you're getting into overlanding, I think that the question that you really need to look at is why am I going to overland and what gear, what stuff do I already own that may help me in achieving this goal to go overlanding? Everybody out there, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Make sure that you keep your notes. Maybe even go through and now that we've talked about it, go into your garage or wherever you keep your gear and start looking at some of your old gear that you may have used in the past for backpacking and hiking and write some of that stuff down. Check it out. Make sure it's still usable. So not only look at the old gear that you have or write it down, but go and see if it still works because that's another thing that we'll talk about, practice. Not enough people practice their overlanding, getting things set up, turning things on, making sure things work, and maintenance to make sure that everything stays in a good working order. Keep your notes. We're going to go over these. We're going to add to them um, on the next episode of Overlanding for Beginners. So stay tuned. And in the meantime, just get in your vehicle and go out. And whatever you do, make sure that you go all over. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.